Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Hey, I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go, right? There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. On NPR's new podcast, Wild Card, we have ripped up the typical script. It's part existential deep dive and part game show. I ask actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to ask some of life's biggest questions. Listen to NPR's Wild Card on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today. Who are totally fire, if I do say so myself. Welcome to How Did We Get Weird. Jonah, when I was just doing our intro, did you notice that I used the Gen Z term fire? <laughs> I did notice that. I did notice that. That was very hip. Well, the reason I use that awesome term so naturally is because <laughs> we are so thrilled because I am a huge fan of our guest today. And not only is she Gen Z, which as you know, we love to talk in Gen Z terms and try and be cool like Gen Z and understand them. But also because she stars on one of my all-time favorite shows, General Hospital. So, Jonah, did you know that I've met today's guest before? I did know that. How did that happen, Vanessa? Oh, thanks for asking, <laughs> Jonah. Well, I was walking on the street with my friend Alex, and all of a sudden, I spotted this gal. And <laughs> she plays Jocelyn Jacks on the long-running hit soap opera, General Hospital. And I absolutely flipped out. <laughs> and I said, oh my God, I'm such a big fan of yours. She was with her mom. I looked very cool. And she happens to be a fan of SNL, which we are going to talk about today. And basically we made a deal that like we, if we got together, I would tell her about SNL. If she would tell me about general hospital and we did it and we're going to do it more today. <laughs> so <laughs> without further ado, Jonah, do you think we should introduce our awesome guest? Yeah. Let's get into it. Our guest today is a two-time Emmy-nominated actress who, among other things, has guest starred on The Thundermans, Game Shakers, and Walk the Prank. But you may know her from what I know her from, which is, that's right, playing the role of Jocelyn Jacks on the soap opera General Hospital. Please welcome Eden McCoy. That's the best intro I've ever heard of myself. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm, like, embarrassed. I'm blushing right now, like, just during the retell of that story. I still, this is still so surreal on every level possible. It is surreal for me because I, I was so excited when I saw you. I truly was like, 
Oh my God, Alex, she's not Jamal. Like I truly flipped out. I mean, time stopped when I realized <laughs> who you were. I mean, guys, she came up to me and was like, I'm such a huge fan. And my mouth dropped and I go, I'm such a huge fan. What the fuck is going on? This is amazing. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it probably took you a second though, because as I said this morning when we were starting to set up the record, like I feel like Eden, you always look like so nice and you're so beautiful and you always look great. And I, I like I do right now, I look absolutely like I just rolled out of bed. So no, I did. No. But also I think I was wearing like a huge hat and I looked, I always wear like long sleeves and stuff <laughs> in the sun because I don't want to get burned. So I probably looked like a totally insane person when I first came up to you and you're probably like, Cool, cool. Awesome. <laughs> Dude, I have to tell you, I was just so starstruck. I, You could tell me you were wearing anything and I would believe you. I was so <laughs> distracted and and shocked at what was going on that it so did not matter. I promise. Well, it was so fun running into you. And then we did have a breakfast at Le Pan Quotidien yes. where we continued the trend of you looking cool and me looking like <laughs> absolute trash. It's not true. Just garbage. It's not true. <laughs> Wait, so Eden, did you have a moment when Vanessa first came up to you where you were like, oh, this is a general hospital fan, and then you kind of figured out it was Vanessa, or what was what was your thought process? You won't offend me. I no, okay? I knew I knew it was you immediately. I mean, immediately okay. I knew. Um so I didn't really have that soap fan moment. Like I you looked at Got me it. and I went, Holy shit. <laughs> like it was a whole experience. Right, right, yeah. right. Now, let me ask you this. When soap fans do come up to you in a similar way that I did, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious because there are certain things that people say to me from being on SNL and I wonder what people say to you. Like, do people say like, you've got to get back together with so-and-so? Yes. Like, do you know what I mean? Yes. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> yes. That does happen. Like, um, what's an example, would you say... Well, you just nailed one of them, which I was, nailed one of which them. was how could you cheat on Cameron, get back together with Cameron <laughs> immediately. Right. We have that side of things. We also, for the fans of the pairing that I am now working through, we have people yes. in support of that. And they're like, oh, I love you and Dex together. You guys are the best. Yeah. But most of the time, honestly, I'm just surprised that they know my name is Eden because a lot of them will just jocelyn like of say course. jocelyn yeah and i get that yeah. like i get that there's some shows that i like love and know that i don't know everybody's name but i'll know your character name like if i was to go up to someone on the street right. i might do that but it does seem to be a a theme in the soap world since people sometimes have trouble separating <laughs> reality from the right. reality of the show it's seriously true yeah people get really stop being so mean to sunny you should oh like him God, more yes. this is this will only read for people who watch general <laughs> yes. hospital but yeah this is a very yeah. niche <laughs> conversation <laughs> she's she's but i mean you know obviously this is a, it has such a huge audience and Okay, I have a few more questions before we get into our topic Please. for today, just about General Hospital that okay. I like to... I, I made I'd Vanessa like... limit the General Hospital talk, don't <laughs> worry, Eden, so... This you is, probably have to me. talk about it, yeah. Um, so, I've noticed, like, sometimes roles get recast, Yeah, you know, and isn't it so weird the first few days when... I guess I'm not asking you a question, I'm commenting, but I do... I There is a question in here. <laughs> 
Is it so odd acting with someone who's like, you have to call them by the same name as the character? Like they're the same character, but they're played by a completely different person and you have to act like they're the same person. You know, I hoped that it would feel weirder, but at this point, it's so normalized in our like, in soap culture that yes it's almost like okay it's kind of a shrug off at this point right but i do remember like when i first started out or like my first couple recasts that i had to work with it was very bizarre yeah i've gotten really lucky like with my recasts i mean it's a really tough position to fill especially like on the topic of our fan base who gets so attached to actors um or characters in their mind i can only imagine like as a viewer i can see where that gets frustrating like i totally sympathize with that so i just kind of feel bad for them at first if it was like a beloved character they're getting so much yeah but it's also really awesome because I've seen actors totally win people over throughout time. And yes. it is a challenge as an actor, which I like because it's never going to, you have to adapt. Right. And right, it's right, really right. interesting because an actor can bring in a totally different style of that character. And then all of a sudden, like you have, it's like a puzzle you have to work with, with this other yes. like new dynamic and make that the same yet totally different i don't know i mean i i'm a recast technically speaking like right because you were a kid right i was a kid of course like i started when i was 12 and it's been so long but before you were 12 was your character like a baby because you know pretty much i mean no i mean she i was definitely (laughs) i was definitely a little bit aged i think there was a there was a girl that played jocelyn her name was hannah right before me and i think we're like kind of the same age but i looked a bit older at the time and Uh she was there i i don't know for how long and then there's you know seven jocelyn infant children scattered (laughs) in throughout the the history right so yeah i feel like at some point like almost every person is a recast when you like go way back like even like the character of carly like laura didn't originate that role right 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 totally yeah so yeah i know again like something that like could never happen anywhere else (laughs) you know the audience is like willing to go along for the ride if they feel like the person is doing a good job now Another question I have along these lines, and Jonah, I don't mean to keep you, if you please jump in. I just, I know I'm more familiar with the show. No, than I, I'm learning a lot. So okay, okay. Go for it. My other question is, you know, I've mentioned to you, Eden, when we've talked in the past about, and you know, the time that Colonel Sanders came on the show and playing himself and he, you know, had to get rid of his secret recipe. I, I guess my point is, um, or he had to hide his secret recipe. I'm sorry. So, Wait, this is a real thing that happened? Jonah, I can't believe I haven't told you about this. <laughs> I talk about it every day. I'm not trying. I don't, by the way, Eden, I don't want to put you in a weird position where I'm like making fun of the show that you're on. I'm not trying. You know, I, I oh love God, it. But please, <laughs> please. <laughs> Vanessa, everyone can tell you love this show. Trust me. <laughs> okay. But at one point, Colonel Sanders came on the show and it was obviously a sponsorship thing where the, you know, the show was being sponsored by Kentucky Fried Chicken and two of the cast members had to you know, interact with him and they're eating KFC and they're saying how good it is. And meanwhile, (laughs) you know, having, and they've been through some really tough times. I think one of them, her husband had just died and the other one. (laughs) 
<laughs> what year and was this? I, Do you know when this, this happened? Was not that long ago. It, I'm going to call it. Because it sounds completely made up, Vanessa. <laughs> this is it, like unbelievable. You can watch clips of it on YouTube. And I would, I would advise everyone listening to this podcast to watch it because it is one of the wildest things I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. I really felt for the two actors who had to do this scene with Colonel Sanders because I felt like they probably got this script and were like, what the fuck? <laughs> but, and it was Kirsten Storms who plays yes. Maxie and the other woman who played Dante's wife who she was like kind of doing fine and then she, the reporter, she was like a reporter and she's now off in like some facility. Like they've kind of taken her off the show, but it was seems it like, the character of Lulu? Yes, it was Lulu. Okay. It was okay, Lulu. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it was Maxie and Lulu and they're just hanging at their house and Maxie's like getting a text from the colonel and she's like, oh, like the colonel's so good at texting. And Lulu's like, <laughs> the colonel? By the way, I could do the whole exam, the whole scene for you. <laughs> oh my like God. at the whole show for you. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Okay. But anyways, then he comes over and he, and they're they're like, oh my God, it's so good to see you. And your chicken is so crispy and good. And they're eating it. And then he's like, I have to hide my secret recipe. Anyway, so I say all this to say, I know that you weren't involved in this. Yeah. But mercifully, you didn't have to do this. But mercifully. Are there ever plot lines that another, this is a different kind of version of this, but you know, people come back from the dead a lot. Like a lot of times it'll be like, yes. this person was dead. We buried their body and it'll be like the, and then it'll be like a couple of years later, like the body was made out of like plastic. Like it's not real. Like the, the person wasn't really in the great. Like it's like, there's so many, mm -hmm. you know, obviously they brought back the weather machine recently that can control the weather and they almost were able to use it again, but then they weren't able <laughs> Jonah's to. Jonah's so face is killing me. I'm, I'm sorry. an episode Jonah. where like Ronald McDonald comes back from the dead or something. I just can't. <laughs> I'm sure it's out there. It's not out of the realm of possibility. <laughs> again, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm saying all of this with love, but I guess my question is, do you ever find it challenging to... Yes. <laughs> I don't think your character has had a lot of that kind of stuff, really. Yeah. No, I mean, not nothing Ice Princess or, you know, things along those lines. But yeah, I mean, I can only imagine for certain actors that, you know, have more of a fantasy storyline. Story I don't know how else to put it. That that's a little bit insane. But I think it's kind of awesome because it's just an exercise in, okay, this is my job today and yeah. we're going to find a way to somehow sell this and make it work. I mean, you just have to, I guess, go into it as you'd go into anything else. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. episode, like, I mean, because if once you start questioning like any of the logic, it's right you know gone right totally <laughs> non-existent yeah. this actually makes me want to watch it more because i thought it was more people just like relationships and stuff no. i didn't know there was a machine that controls the weather so that sounds really cool why would you <laughs> <laughs> it also is kind of a testament to how good the acting is on it because everyone can kind of mm -hmm. sell you anything and mm -hmm. the audience is you know they're there for it like they you know yeah, I mean, the audience is there for it. And I mean, the show's been on for 60 years. I mean, yeah, at some point have to kind of think outside of the box material wise, I would assume, right? Like that's how over the years stuff like 
an ice princess story has occurred. Right. Because right. it's something new that makes no sense. And it's, cha- it's weird. And like, yes. you know, it's entertaining for the audience, which at the end of the day is the whole point. Right. So I would assume that like the ridiculous logic behind people coming back from the dead and pe- brain transplants and of uh, people. Oh thinking. yeah. Brain I transplants mean, is a I big just, one. That I was, saw, I can't believe I didn't bring that yeah. up. <laughs> I just saw mission impossible, the new one. And I totally forgot about Ethan Hunt's like pulling off of the mask of uh, every character, how he like just is a different person. And I'm yes. like, that's what general hospital. Is. Yeah. And it's the thing, <laughs> like just masks. coming. They had off. a huge mask storyline where people with completely different body types would have have a mask on. And they we, talked we talked about at that. We talked about that. Yes. Yeah. We talked about that at our breakfast. Yeah, they do all of that kind of stuff. And I feel like there is something also kind of they keep those storylines going. And also they're not spending like Mission Impossible money on making it insane super, technology and yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah. And the audience is still like, great, this is all we, you know, they really just want the story of it. They don't need it to be. Yeah. I know. I mean, I just give like praise to the writers. I mean, even though all of this stuff sounds, you know, a little ridiculous, like I don't know what I would do with 60 years on the air. Oh my God. Yeah, that's right. You have to keep it going. I mean, they're doing great. They're doing their own thing. I mean, if they've been on 60 years, then like I have to give all the praise in the world. And I mean, I, I love, I mean, and I love like all my material. Like, and I love that this happened because then I get to hear about the crazy stuff. (laughs) And it's, and it's so much fun. And Eden, you are so good on the show. It's always so fun to watch your scenes and thank you. Watch you with your like friends and everyone's kind of like solving stuff and and (laughs) a little (laughs) Scooby Doo. <laughs> it is like in a you know in a more sophisticated way. Yeah. It really reminds me of us growing up because Vanessa, the two things she wanted to watch that I never wanted to watch were soap operas and QVC. Okay. Yes. Um, which is yeah. not, probably not surprising based on Vanessa's show and everything, but um, <laughs> that I can tell how excited Vanessa is. To oh, be this I'm losing my mind right now. Okay. <laughs> for anyone listening, absolutely losing my mind. Thank you for for taking us through that. We're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back with Eden McCoy. <laughs> Hacks is back for season three and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go, right? There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. On NPR's new podcast, Wild Card, we have ripped up the typical script. It's part existential deep dive and part game show. I ask actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to ask some of life's biggest questions. Listen to NPR's Wild Card on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. 
And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Okay, and we're back. So, Eden, we asked you for some topics to talk about today. And Jonah and I picked one that we thought would be really fun to talk about, which was Saturday Night Live. (laughs) So, what made you want to talk about that? That show is my childhood, like for real. Like, if I could pick one of the topics, like to represent or anything to represent my childhood, that is it. And that cast of actors at the time. Like, I mean, I don't remember when it started. I feel like I've just always been watching it. My parents love it. It was like, I was also a very weird, like 30 year old man in a (laughs) tiny, like gangly body at this time. Like (laughs) mentally, like not Disney channel. Like, like, I couldn't, like I sent you guys <laughs> for Olivia like gets my texts like what the hell is wrong with you because she's like send send this list and I'm like okay and then like for childhood TV shows it's Sons of Anarchy and Mad Men and the Tudors <laughs> yeah. and uh, and I'm writing this like what was going on like Sex in the City everything from age four and up like yeah. it, it's yeah. ridiculous but that is what I loved and I grew up an only child and super close with my mom so I was just watching whatever she threw on and I that's right what pulled me into like kind of more mature-esque <laughs> shows for a five-year-old Disney Channel did not work past okay. the point of right. no return and SNL I just kind of remember always being there and like watching it live which is like so i feel like almost unique i feel like i'm the last generation that like i remember when streaming started like i remember like i grew up watching cable still like this was still like you go to snl and you turn it on and it's live and you're watching it on tv live and i'm so happy that i got that like one last like more traditional experience in that way yeah um because now i mean of course snl is still amazing and legendary and i love it so much but it it is nostalgic to me at a certain point because i'm like it does feel like a little different now but yeah i'm trying to remember of i'm trying to remember when the obsession started i mean I was obsessed with Will Ferrell. Yeah. Forever, like my whole life and still am. And I think he really pulled me into it. And like all of the actors, you know, they all had their own careers kind of too outside of the show. So I would just follow whatever movie, whatever they were doing forever. I was just going to say, because you were born in 2003. And so we were talking about like, you know, when I was on SNL, I was on from 2010 to 2000. 17 and Mm -hmm. 
Okay, I'm not. It's going to seem like I'm I'm trying to get a compliment here, but I'm not. Okay. Okay. But what Lauren would always say is that you always think that the best cast is the cast that was on when you were a kid. Like, mm-hmm. so I was looking up like, you know, when Jonah and I were like, you know, 11-ish, which is kind of like the age when I think I was watching it the most. I was 11, Jonah was 13. It was like Dana Carvey, Chris Farley, Phil mm-hmm. Hartman. Adam Sandler. Um, Adam Sandler, mm-hmm. Julia Sweeney, Tim Meadows, um, Melanie Hutzel. Like the, we were, Jonah and I were obsessed with Chris Farley. Like we oh, yeah. like, just Van completely. Down by the River. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that, and that was looking that up too. Like the Van Down by the River sketch was, that was season 18. So that's when I was mm-hmm. like 12 and Jonah was 14. The Chippendale sketch was the season, two seasons <laughs> before that, which was when I was like 10. So it's like, I guess what I'm saying, Eden, is I guess, was I part of your favorite cast? Yes. <laughs> yes. You had to say yes. A hundred percent. No. Like poetry class oh and and um, so- Real Housewives of Disney. Oh yeah, and that was a fun all one. Of the, I mean, like... And and all of them. Like I I know th- all of your sketches pretty much, not the titles, but you could show me pretty right. much anything, and I'm like, right, yes, right, I've right. seen that and loved it. I mean, I have watched those. I don't know how many times. It's so insane. Like it's taking everything in me to not like get you to like just do it right now. Like it's <laughs> it's so amazing. But yeah, you were for sure, for sure, like right in the middle of like the obsession and still. It's so, I already feel like such a piece of shit that I asked you that, but (laughs) I, but don't you think it's funny that like, I really think that what Lauren said about, and again, it's, it's, it seems like you were into some of the older casts as well. I for sure went back in time to SNL vintage and educated myself on like all of the greats of the past as well. Yeah. What's interesting to me is like, having been on the show, we're not writing it for kids. You know what I mean? Like it's really written with like a pretty adult sense of humor. And some are very niche. And some are very niche. Very niche. Yes. And yet it's like kids are who are the most into it or like young Mm -hmm. teenagers, you know? And it feels so, even though I was on, like it feels so nostalgic for me. And I just remember like, what do you, do you remember, and Jonah, you too, like where you would watch it, like where you were, again, I'm not trying to be like where you were when you first saw me in a <laughs> where sketch. Where were you That's when you saw like some of your favorite <laughs> sketches Vanessa was in? <laughs> Just kidding. Oh my God. No, well, no, no, no. Don't answer that. Don't answer that. <laughs> okay. But like, do you remember, like, was it, because for me, it was like a lot of sleepover parties. We would watch it and we would stay up really late watching it. And then we would... I guess fall asleep watching it because it was not because same as you we would it would start at eleven thirty. Yeah, I mean I remember it was always super late. It was always I mean I do talk about it with friends and I know I and I have friends that absolutely like adore it. I think it's very much family centered in my memory. Like I think I always just would watch it at home with my parents and my dad was more of a fan than my mom was. I mean, she still absolutely loves it, but I remember it like it's kind of linked to my dad. And then once YouTube became a thing, like I remember when YouTube like was just kind of starting and like I have memories where it was like YouTube was just like home videos. Like I would just look up like, weird puppy videos and like every baby animal right, video right. like that's what i would do on like this tiny like weird computer that like was not a mac 
And I would like watch little home videos on YouTube. And then I remember when YouTube kind of like started to shift and then you could just watch all the skits yeah. on there and find all the skits on there. And that's when I like really like went through the rabbit hole of like watching people like way ahead of my behind <laughs> my right, time. Right. Um, and like kind of just like spiraled from there. And like, that's why I've like seen much more than. Yeah, that's think, interesting that you had access to more of it. Because I even remember like when I was in college, my friends and I were really into Stella. Like the, it was like Michael Showalter, David Wayne and mm-hmm. Michael Ian Black. And we would download, they had like these short videos and we, these comedy videos and we would download one like overnight on YouTube. That was like the early 2000s. We would like download them. And then if we would start at like nine o'clock at night, then like the next morning, we would be able to watch us. You know, it was so much. Mm-hmm. And then that became so much easier to watch like all of this stuff that you used to have to like go to a video store or something and rent or or find yeah, a DVD. Blockbuster, yeah. all of those. Yeah. yeah. Jonah, do you remember where you, like how you would watch SNL when you were a kid? I I'm trying to think about it. I mean, I don't remember. I mean, I think like we must have watched it on TV as yeah. kids. I just honestly remember it being on late, but I associate so much with going to the show at this point and being like, right. oh, I have to stay up really late, go to th-, which sounds like very, maybe very entitled or something. But I don't remember <laughs> like as a kid that much when we watched it. But I remember all we saw all the sketches so many times. So I'm wondering, I think they also did it, like repeated it during the day, I maybe. Think you're right. Or like it was syndicated too, maybe. Because I, I don't remember staying we up super late. We taped it a lot. I think we yeah, taped it a lot. Because we, we used it. to watch that Van Down by the River sketch like. Oh, yeah. So many times. Well, you could, you could with, I haven't thought about this in a long time. I don't know if you know this, but uh, maybe you do know this. this is, I'm not trying to be patronizing, but, um, you know, <laughs> with good. like, with VCRs, uh, you know, remember you could set it to record at a certain time. Right. So it would, but usually like stuff would be off a little bit. So like you yeah. miss the beginning or something, but yeah, you could say like from 1130 to one, I want you to record this channel and it would like do it. Mm-hmm. And that at the time seemed so high tech. Um, yeah. High tech. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I do remember that. And you know what's funny is that now with watching things live or... My point is just that it would cut off the end a lot, I remember. And yeah, I remember when I was a kid, I always wanted to see the people hugging at the end. And then sometimes it would cut that off and I'd be like so mad. But now I know that sometimes that hugging... What I'm telling you guys, I'm acting like it's really interesting. It's probably not. But depending on how long the show goes, that hugging... Because it always has to end at a certain time. Sometimes you see at the good nights, everybody hugging for like a long time because they cut a sketch and they have like more time to fill and they kind of were like, they didn't have time for a whole sketch. So instead they just take a super long good nights. But sometimes they literally will do a sketch that's too long and then the good nights are like, the host says thank you and then they immediately have to end it. So that the good nights are almost like, a, um, I mean, I think they do them for traditional reasons and stuff, but also they're almost a way to like make the show be exactly an hour and a half amazing i didn't know that yeah but that's i'm gonna look for it now yeah so sometimes they're long and sometimes they're short but but i always wanted to see like who was hugging who and stuff (laughs) and the truth is now having done it you're just like i'll just hug whoever's next to me of course (laughs) you're exhausted what do people say to each other like are you just like good show like what what are people saying to each other yeah usually just saying good show sometimes if someone had a really good sketch like you'll be like great sketch like great job sometimes you have to be really conscious of hugging the musical guests and the hosts because but especially the musical guests because 
they kind of weren't around all week. Like they were just there to rehearse and stuff and people don't know them as much and you want them to feel like included. So like sometimes, cause, and I also think cause they're at the front with the host. Sometimes they're like kind of standing there and it's hard. I think it's hard for the host too, because everyone knows each other and then everyone goes to hug each other and they're sort of standing in the front, but they don't want to be like standing in the front, not hugging anyone. Sure. But yeah, you're mostly saying good job. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that interesting? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sometimes you're like, I'm tired or something, or like, are you going to go to the party? Right. But mostly everyone does. So you're just like, good job. See you at the party. Okay. What? You're really demystifying this, Vanessa. <laughs> I love it. It's not. I love it. Really that. Yeah, I want to ask Eden, yeah. like, you know, Vanessa and I growing up were really into like a lot of the movies too, like the spinoffs, like Black Sheep, Tommy Boy. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my God, Tommy Boy was everything uh, to me. Yeah. Fat guy in a little coat, I quote, still like far too often. Yeah. Far too often. Yeah, we would too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Tommy Boy was everything. I mean... I can recite all of Will's movies front to back. Yeah. Yeah. That's not like as much of a thing anymore with the cast members doing movies as characters. As their characters. Yeah. 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 I know. I know. But I mean, I, I'm trying to think who else. I mean, I guess I picture David Spade so young on SNL and then, you know, and then there's the grownups franchise, which is like so far later, but yeah. I still associate kind of both together just as his comedy. Yeah. And I'm just always going to see Van Down by the River. Like, I'm just always going to see him as like 13 years old in that sketch. There's a lot of similarities between General Hospital and I think Saturday Night Live in that it's just such a quick week. Yeah. And we were talking a little bit about, I was telling you that like we basically like we write the sketches Tuesday night, we do this read through Wednesday, and then we rehearse Thursday and Friday. Do you mind telling us like a little bit about... A week at General Hospital and how that's... No, not at all. Like, well, basically, we would get the script. We get the script about a week prior to shooting. I mean, normally, like, without all of this strike stuff, (laughs) normally we are, like, four weeks ahead. Okay. Like, a comfy four weeks ahead. Okay. Uh, Anyway, you would get your script, like, a week prior, and we don't do any table reads or, or anything like that. Right. But every day pretty much looks the same. We will start filming the first scene at 8.30 every day. Yeah. Um. So that is consistent. Wrap time totally depends. Yeah. Maybe like on average around like 7 if you're lucky. But, you know, I've worked till 11 p.m. Like it's just wow. you have no idea. Yeah. So you get called in early. You do hair and makeup and you block so yeah. you block all of your all of your scenes with your director and whoever your scene partners are in the morning. Okay. And then you go up to shoot it whenever, you know, based on the order of the call sheet. So you could be waiting around forever. Like right. I could go in, get my hair and makeup done, block my stuff in the morning or for afternoon break and then shoot at 5 p.m. Like, it's, yeah, you know, yeah. it's always going to be a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> like every yeah. set, you're waiting around for eight hours to yeah. film anything. So, you know, so there's similar. still a lot of there's still a lot of waiting. And then we do a rehearsal right before we actually shoot the scene. Okay. So we know the blocking, like I know where I'm going to walk and sit and all of that from the morning. And then we kind of, the rehearsal is kind of the walkthrough and that's more for cameras than for us. Okay. To know exactly where we're going because cameras aren't there for blocking. It's just more of an actor and a director thing. 
Yeah. And then you do five, four, three, two, one, rehearse it, and then five, four, three, two, one, shoot it like immediately yeah. after. Wow. Unlike SNL, you don't have cue cards, right? So you have to memorize your script no. for the day. So it, how do you do that? That seems like that would be so it's tough. So many lines. Yeah. We yeah. get to just look at cards. I mean, at this point, it's a muscle. I mean, right. I don't memorize my stuff until the night before, to be yeah. honest. Like, I can't remember. It doesn't even make sense to me to do that anymore. <laughs> like, to prepare. Like, I, I see people come on and, like, they'll be new and, like, preparing and memorizing their stuff a week prior, which they should be doing. I'm sure that's what I did when I first started uh -huh, to. Uh -huh. And I'm just like, man, I learned this in the makeup chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the writing... If it's, if it's good yeah. <laughs> that day, it kind of falls out of you. I mean, you just have to know what you're talking about. And at this point, like everyone's been playing their character for so long and it's just really comfortable. It, yeah. it feels like very pressure free at this point. So it's not too daunting. I mean, I think I was so nervous about it when I started. Yeah. And I think before you have the experience of being there for a long time and right. like know yourself and how you work, it's always going to be kind of stressful. Right. If you forget a line, I mean, it's not the end of the world. And, and that's honestly, what I was going to ask. Yeah. And honestly, like, you know, sometimes we have really long, like seven page scenes, right? Yeah. And if you forget a line kind of in the middle or like towards the end, we can pick it up. Like, we won't go, like, from the very beginning of okay. the scene. So that's nice. Yeah. What about, like, because, you know, there's obviously, you know, similarities with SNL where, like, you know, you just sort of, like, do it. And 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 uh, we, we do similar, like, blocking for the cameras and stuff. And, mm -hmm. and the directors aren't really there necessarily to, like, give us, like, emotional direction or anything. They're more sort of there to be, like, yeah. here's where you stand. Here's what you do. And, and you know, like, that that kind of a thing. But like, what if I've noticed like a lot of times on General Hospital, there's such long monologues. Yeah. And then like, what if, and it's sort of a one shot. What if someone messes up in the middle of that? I guess they just. Monologues are tricky. I yeah. mean, I think if you mess up in the middle of it, I mean, yes, they're on you the whole time, but we're multi-cam. Right. So we'll have a shot. We're getting reactions too. Right. Whatever airs, airs, but we have a lot of footage because, and that's why we're able to have so little takes and yeah. move at such a rapid rate because we have five cameras shooting everything at the same time. Right, right, so right. There's no, so could, there's no need to reset, redo right, your right, close-up, right, right. my okay. close-up, blah, 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 like a normal like primetime show. So, I mean, you would hope you don't have to go again. I've seen people pick it up for monologues, yeah, for yeah. sure, because they'll just cut to someone's face. Cause and then and then in edit right. go back. You know what I mean? Because a moment, another thing that would happen on SNL, and I'm uh, drawing like just is like we would start laughing sometimes during sketches, and I oh would think God, it would be yeah. hard sometimes to not start laughing when you're doing a monologue above a person who's in the hospital in a coma, yes. which is like, because it's general hospital, they're in the hospital yeah. for, you know, for a lot of it. And you often have to talk for such a long time to someone who's like in a coma. <laughs> you can't think about what you're doing. Yeah. Like, that's the only way I can like put it. Like, you cannot, like, you just have to get it out. Like, if I start thinking about what this like looks like to yeah. people right now in yeah. the moment, I won't be able to handle it. I am also horrible and have gotten worse throughout the years of doing tags, like the end of a scene, oh. like tagging on my face, you know, and like 
giving soap face. I want to explain this to the listeners. At the end of every general hospital scene, they don't end on a line. They end on the reaction on someone's face. I didn't Mm -hmm. realize it's called a tag. So it'll be like, we're not sure if they're coming back. And then it'll cut to the other person making a face like, what? And then that's the end of the scene. And it will hold uncomfortably close (laughs) on the person's face. Yeah, so... That to me, I have to get over. Like, yeah. I, like, cause my ego and <laughs> is, is like, is telling me, you look so ridiculous. This is so ridiculous. And I have to put it out of my mind or else, but I break all the time. All the time. Yeah. And it depends who I'm working with. Like, if I have a silly relationship with who I'm working with, like, I have a very, humorous relationship with the actor Chad Duell, who plays my brother Michael, my older brother. Right. Vanessa, I'm sure you know this. <laughs> I ran into him on the street once. Did you know that? Oh I God. ran into him and <laughs> no, I didn't know the that. woman who pl- who used to play Kiki. Yes, Haley Aaron. <laughs> I wasn't as like You crazy. played it cool. You played it I played cooler. it a little cooler, but nice. I remember she knew who I was and he did not. And it was like I was in town for the Emmys, I think, or something. And I ran into them like in kind of a fancy area. And I was like, oh my God, I love General Hospital. And he was like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) It didn't work out as well as it did with you and I. But um, I know. He was very nice. He was very nice. So we like are heinous together when it comes to behavior on set. And I can't, I just know him so well and I find him so ridiculous in the best way. I love him. Yeah. That I, it's really hard to take him seriously. It's really, really difficult. And so I have to like really lock in with him. That's really funny. And you know, the, I feel like now I'm thinking back on it. That was like a big thing that we would do when we would do that sketch. The Californians would be like making those faces. That's what I want to be for Halloween. Yeah. 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 Those (laughs) faces at the end of scenes were like, I guess those were tags. This is why the Californians is probably like top five sketches for me because it really feels personal. (laughs) Feels close to home on that one. I guess we got to where I wanted to get to, which is that I'm in one of your top five sketches and that's kind of where I think we should. Eden, what do you think are the odds that Vanessa could do a cameo in General Hospital at one point? Oh my God. <laughs> 10 out of 10. I'll make it happen. <laughs> I will make it happen. I think I would have such a hard time not laughing on it just because everyone is so like good and everyone is so like invested. Yeah, Vanessa, you've had so many people do funny stuff on live TV and haven't and been able not to laugh. I mean, that's right. That's right. I think, I, okay, I think I could do it. I think I actually <laughs> would absolutely rock at it. <laughs> I, I think you would. I think you could take my job. I, I absolutely don't think I could take it. I feel like um, I, people, speaking of the audience, they would be so mad. They'd be like, what the hell? Like, we miss Eden. They'd be like, why is this... 40-year-old women. <laughs> like, trying I'm to, just like, going to pop a blonde wig on you. I've seen you in every wig known to man throughout the years, I'm sure. Yeah, I it's mean, fine. we'll see if they notice. I, I feel like... <laughs> I know that the other actors in the cast would be, like, seamless, you know? Because that's you're also good at that, at being like, oh, Jocelyn, like, welcome. I have a random question. Yes. What does the wig room look like at SNL? 
I could find pictures for you. I mean, how many are there? Well, you know, they store them in bags. So you don't, they're not all out, but they're like a lot of are in storage, but it's a ton of, what do you call those? Like head... Like, like head uh, mannequins. Head mannequins. Head mannequin yeah. things. What they do is like your first week on SNL, they do a couple of things. One is they measure your head and they put like plastic around it so they can get like a wooden thing of your head. That And I had, I think Kate McKinnon and I had this, I think we were tied for the smallest heads in our cast. Amazing. And I have pretty <laughs> tiny head, not to brag. And so it's like a bunch of like head mannequins of people's heads. And it says like how wide they are. The other thing they do is they do like a plaster thing on your face where you can't, you have to like breathe through like straws in your nostrils. Yeah. Because they get this thing so that if they ever have to make any kind of prosthetic thing for your face, they have like the measurements of your face. And they do a similar thing with your teeth. If you're playing a kid and you have braces or something. They can put That's like amazing, yeah. So they get all that stuff. So it's it's a bunch of like hair products and like hair, and we get the wig room is where we get our like it's the same room where that we get makeup done in. Mm-hmm. So it's just like a lot of people and a lot of, but also then you also get ready during the show at like a station. So it's like you, we each have our own little stations where we like change and get our makeup done and stuff. So God, so hallway. amazing. We're gonna take another quick break and we'll be right back with Eden McCoy. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go, right? There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. On NPR's new podcast, Wild Card, we have ripped up the typical script. It's part existential deep dive and part game show. I ask actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to ask some of life's biggest questions. Listen to NPR's Wild Card on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, and we're back. And so right now we're going to play a little game we like to call (laughs) Change.Dork. Change.Dork? Gen Z edition. Oh, jeez. This game is otherwise (laughs) known as... 
Let's make fun of people who don't know how to use change.org. And this game will highlight three very important petitions on change.org. And at the end, we'll each vote for our favorite. Again, as I said, today's edition... Jonah, do you want to read this line you wrote? <laughs> I said, today's edition is for all you Gen Zers out there listening to this on TikTok. Yes. <laughs> Eden, do you understand what this game... Sorry, we like never know how to explain it exactly. Does that make sense? We're going to read three petitions, and then at the end, we're going to pick the one we'd vote for. Okay. Yeah, and we'll talk about each one as we go through it. So I can read this first one. This first petition is called Change Gen Z to Gen Yi. Okay, it's this woman, Eve, made this petition out to... So you can make the petition like towards someone that you want to make the change. And she made it out to Epic Gamers, Mike Gravel, Minecraft Gamers, Shrek, Danny DeVito, Stans, Thanos, All Meme Lords, Keanu Reeves, Edgy Teens, <sighs> Yees, and Haas. And her petition says, What's up, Epic Gamers? I am a pretty epic Gen Z kid, and I'm here to make a change in this world. What change you, an unknowing slave of the government, may ask? A change that can forever change the world, or at least my world. So let's get to the point. Gen Z, it sounds so dumb. It's so not cash money. So I propose a change to make it breezy fresh for you, us, and the future generations. And this change is to call it Gen Yi. That's so dumb, Yi. I think not, bruh. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but <laughs> basically she goes through all of this and she says, still not convinced. This is because a ye is one, a tribute to all the epic memers who feed us the serotonin we are so deprived of. Two is slang for yes, which is better than no. After all, we are already too tired of having our ideas put down into the single syllabled word of doom. Three is the beginning of the commonly said yeehaw, which everyone enjoys. And who cares if other generations don't like it? We're all going to die anyways. Let's do it in a bang, just like the dinosaurs did millions of years ago. And hey, they are still the most epic creature to roam Earth. Gen Z kid logging off, B. I don't think I can listen to this sort of material before 1030 in the morning. <laughs> I know. Changing Gen Z to Gen Y. What do you, what do you think? <laughs> Listening to that, you might as well have been speaking another language yeah. <laughs> to me. I don't know. I admire the passion and the thought yes. behind that statement. Right. And that's pretty much all I can agree with there. That's very diplomatic. So this isn't like, because sometimes me and Vanessa read this stuff and obviously like I'm 43, Vanessa's 41, you're 20. So like we're like, oh... I think we have this thought that like, oh, if you're 20, this sounds just like regular, <laughs> like you, you would just understand this like, oh, yeah, this means this. And we're just kind of older and out of touch. But you're saying no. This but mentally, I'm 47 years old. Oh, right, right. And <laughs> Vanessa knows this. <laughs> right. So this also sounds alien to me. OK. I think some of it may have registered as familiar sounding, yet the meaning is still absent in, in my mind. OK. Okay. Jonah, what do you think? What do you think about this petition to change Gen Z to Gen Yi? I mean, I, I think dinosaurs were pretty epic, so I can I can get behind that. I don't know. It sounds like it's confusing at this point to probably actually get that into practice. Yeah. It seems like that's going to be tough, but I admire the passion, I guess. I don't know. What okay. do you think, Vanessa? I had a hard time understanding a lot of this one, and <laughs> I feel like a petition maybe not the best way to do this. I think this person could just start doing it. And I feel sure. like a lot of this terminology that Gen Z has, I feel so old saying this, kind of catches on. It kind of, you know what I mean? Like the more this person does it, maybe it'll catch on or maybe they'll just seem insane, which is how they kind of come off in this petition. 
<laughs> I'll get into the second petition. Okay. That petition, by the way, I think had about 26 signatures. Wow. Yes. This next one has 18. It's made out to the internet, and it says, change the perception of early Gen Z. Mm-hmm. And this was started by someone goes by no name. <laughs> With this petition, I'm trying to achieve change in perception of my generation. I chose to start this petition because I can see what happened in the past with the so-called boomer generation and how few special individuals can ruin the image of an entire generation of people. I do not wish to see this happen to my people. What I propose is to split Generation Z into two, if not completely different generations, at least two different subdivisions, Gen Z1 and Gen Z2. First thought of this occurred to me a few years back when I looked at younger pupils and students in schools, which I've attended. Younger Gen Z, born 2003 to 2009, are acting, behaving in rather completely different way than the older Gen Z, born 1996 to 2002. Children in the younger era of Gen Z are more influenced by more advanced technology, such as smartphones, tablets, and applications, which are substantially more advanced than what Gen Z1 had in offer. This and other factors like more action TV series for kids, more graphically enhanced video games, and probably more parents seeing the opportunity to get rid of their kids for a while by giving them a smartphone to play games on, have all collectively made Gen Z2 more hyperactive, less caring, and a more disrespectful generation, which I do not wish to be acquainted with. Wow. So, actually, Ian, this is tough. I don't disagree with most of that. So, Ian, okay. are you Gen Z1 or Gen Z2? You're technically Gen Z2 technically in this person, okay. but you're re- right on the cusp. So, you could be considered Gen Z1. Okay. Or Gen Z2. This person's kind of burning Gen Z2. Yeah. And you agree. I, a little. Yeah, totally. I mean, he or she, no yes. name, has, has a point. I mean, I look at younger people and get a little judgy. Yeah. Sometimes. But it's not their fault. Right. I mean, I don't think it's anyone's like fault. It's just kind of where we're at. That's unfortunate. I mean, like I was saying earlier, I'm a baby, of course, but I do feel like when I like remember my childhood, technology was not a part of my childhood at all. Like I mean, I I remember like my first like phone or like device was like my passed down mom's Blackberry that I used to like play Brick Breaker on. Uh-huh. And like that was the extent of it until like I but I remember like iPods like coming out. Like I remember like when all of that kind of started to happen and it felt so alien to everyone. And I'm so happy about that. And that yeah. I got that like couple like years of like sliver of using a CD player and having toys and sitting and playing with toys. Yeah. Like I would use like an iPod to listen to music, I guess. But like, you know, I didn't have social media until like, I, I mean, I was for sure young when I had it, but I remember it feeling so new and like still so playful and not what it's become. Right. And I'm just happy that I have that perspective because Anyone born today and tomorrow or like yeah. even a couple of years ago is going to have no idea. Right. And again, it's not their fault. Like, it's just that's what their journey is going to be. Like, I don't disagree with the point. I get okay. like wanting to like be away <laughs> from, yeah. from whatever this like next generation yeah. is going to bring to the table. For sure. I get it. Yeah. So you think maybe they split the Gen Z you can see this person's pointed to Gen Z one and Gen Z two, even though 
technically, again, Eden, you would be in Gen Z too because you I were would. born in the first year. But you under, you get I it. Would. And you would probably say if they did that, oh, I'm more, I'm Gen, I'm technically Gen Z too, but I'm more of a Gen Z one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I would have to clarify. Yeah. I felt like this petition is funny because you don't really know where this person is going to land. Like, because it's very analytical, very yes. fast until the last sentence where it says, <laughs> the smartphone has collectively made Gen Z2 more hyperactive, less caring, and a more disrespectful generation, which I do not wish to be acquainted with. Yes, it seems... That is like a very strong judgment. Yeah. Yes. It is. It seems very like, yeah, like here's a scientific thing, scientific, and then... Then coming down real hard on younger Gen Z. I know. It's tough. This reminds me, Vanessa, I don't know if you remember this, our grandma Marge. Yeah. When she was still around, she moved into this sort of assisted living type place. And she was, I think, in her 90s. And I remember her saying, I for some reason, I forgot that she was like, you know, the 80-year-olds don't really want to hang out with the 90-year-olds because we're not cool. And I was like, oh, these kind of generational clicky divisions, this never ends. Wow. Even at this stage in life, people are still like, oh, these people are old. It's like these people are, you know, it's just, I always found that really kind of interesting and also just kind of sad. That's crazy. I don't remember that. Yeah. The 80-year-olds didn't want to hang out with the 90-year-olds. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> I guess... Well, sorry, is never... that just a huge bummer? I'm sorry, no, I didn't mean... No, Yeah, I'm just talking about... When it comes to these generational divisions, I think there's always, you know, these different perceptions and different judgments, and, and this is just a thing that maybe the next generation can transcend. I don't know what, what it's called, but... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, one more. This one is called Gen Z Vocab So Gnarly, Bro. <laughs> <laughs> this oh, <no>. is from <laughs> this person. Yeah, thank you for being a good sport about this, by yeah, the way. Because it doesn't I feel like... subtly sound like we're making fun of your whole generation. But I, we're not. We really want to learn but more. But I get yeah. it. Yeah. I make fun of my generation. <laughs> but it's I, okay. I think we didn't realize like how it would feel to have them all be like so Gen Z specific. But... I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know it was yeah. going to be a Gen Z yeah, themed conversation. Think, but I, I, well, here goes the last one. <laughs> here we are. Um, <laughs> this one has five six. Signatures and it says, Have you beheld the internet jokes on the internet saying that in 2040 we will have increasingly concise speaking patterns? For example, one that I have seen is one where in 1980 people spoke an incredibly verbose language and in 2020 they used contractions and metaphors, but not quite as verbose. May I also redirect your attention to the lack of grammar expressed in texting or emails? How many times have you gotten a yes or a Okay, bro, from people. We have to cease this behavior immediately. So I think what this person is saying is... <laughs> Bring back Jane Austen. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. like, like our, our speech patterns have gotten... Which gens, I agree. Yeah, you agree. <laughs> well, I um, mean, to a certain extent. Yes, to an extent. It's gotten too brief, too... Informal. Informal. Now, Eden, do you ever... I think texting someone and getting a yes back doesn't seem that wild but do you ever no. write back people when someone texts you do you ever write back okay bro <laughs> for sure <laughs> a thousand percent i for sure use some abbreviations yeah in my yeah. in my texting i mean i think it's context matters right right this person's giving a very general <laughs> of course petition i mean but yeah like i can see the grander point of you know, communication is just so constant and easy now that by nature, it's going to lack some thought. 
yeah, in some yeah, areas. Yeah. I mean, my mom was always really like strict on like I still write thank you cards. Right. Like like hand write them and we'll mail them out, you yes. know, for yeah. to anybody and for anything. And I, I always will do that. That's so great. And it seems so bare minimum and so like common sense, but I'm realizing that I don't think I've gotten the thank you <laughs> note <laughs> like in I don't even know how long like yes. since elementary school when like your mom would force you to sit down and like write your thank you cards right right, right totally but, like I don't think people really do that anymore again like just a really interesting thing that like yeah. kind of slowly started to disappear I mean people still say thank you and like write their emails or like whatever and I don't think that's a bad thing but yeah it's just so crazy to me how like the pen and paper thing, especially gone, for my yeah. generation, has just gone like out the window. I don't even think that they're teaching, not that you have to, but like they're not even teaching how to like write in cursive in schools anymore. Right, 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 right. And That's stuff true. like that. Like it's just like crazy. I it's yeah. so quick to like just like cut off traditions and things that people yeah. have done forever until now. I it's write so thank wild. you cards sometimes too, and people are shocked when they get them. And I just think it's yeah, so nice. It's such a it's it's so nice that you write them still, and that gives me a lot of confidence in Gen Z that you are writing them, even if right. you're the only one. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I'm not, and I'm sure other people like still. I don't think I'm like unique in the sense that people still do that, but a little. I don't know. Like maybe for the people like younger than me. I mean, I feel like for me and up. It's not as crazy, but maybe for like the 10 year olds out here, I have no idea. Right, right. What they're like, I'm like, do you even know like that that's a thing? I don't know. So it seems like you agree with the general gist of this petition, even though it seems like the petition is very, as you said, they're not giving a ton of context. Yeah. I, or honestly, they're not being super clear of what they want. They don't yeah. get to... The the only time they even reference what they want is we have to seize this behavior immediately. They start the petition with a question. Like, have you ever noticed that... Like, not in a great... You know. Yeah, I agree. And the subject just being like, Gen Z vocab, so gnarly, bro. And then there's a bunch... You know, it's it's a little bit... You got to be kind of direct. Like, what are you saying? What's, yeah. you know, it almost seems like they're kind of just do, trying to roast Gen Z or something. Yeah, I feel like the intent behind it, I understand. But a little general. Jonah, it seems like you Yeah, I'm with you too. on this. And I also mm -hmm. think it's it's going to be, this is, again, like the last ones, this is going to be a tough one, too. This isn't like bringing back a snack. Like, this is going to be a tough one to really <laughs> integrate into society. Yeah, implement, implement. Implement, yeah. yeah. Yeah, get just get Gen Z vocab to not be so gnarly, bro. Okay, so now is the time, Eden, where we're lucky enough to get to vote. Which one would we each sign if we had to sign one? I'm going to remind you of what all three are, okay? And Please pick do, because all I'm thinking right now is how judgmental and bitter I am towards Gen Z. No, this is what I, I have learned about this, myself. We have the, started it. We have. I did not realize the how it would feel to have three in a row that are all Gen Z focused, and oh it feels God. exhilarating, but also it feels <laughs> it feels kind of heavy. Okay, so the first one is change Gen Z to Gen Y. Right. The second one is change the perception of early Gen Z. Example, change it to Gen Z 1 and Gen Z 2. And the third one is Gen Z vocab so gnarly, bro. Eden, which I one I feel like you the third one for all of us is collectively out. Yeah, 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 I think that's fair. Yeah. I think number one 
in passion is the first. Yeah. <laughs> and just an enjoyable read overall. Yeah. The second one, I would agree with the most, but I don't want to be Gen Z. Too. Yeah. Yeah. You would maybe change the years a little bit. I would change the years maybe a little bit. I would say number two is my pick, but I am a little critical of the harshness Mm-hmm. And the judgment of Gen Z, too. As much as I understand it, I think they are lacking in sympathy because why would Gen Z, too, behave differently when they don't yes. know any other way? Yes. But I think the overall message of two, I can sympathize with the you most. You can get behind that. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Jonah, what about you? Yeah, I agree with Eden. I think it's, you know, it feels a little weird to be weighing in on this stuff because I feel like so out of touch with it. But yeah, I I think that, you know, I'm not super into categorizing people more, but I do think like there are generational shifts. And so, you know, Mm -hmm. as technology kind of gets more advanced, maybe those generational shifts have more influence. And so, you know, generations can have a little more difference in the way they approach things due to the way they're raised, the technology available. So I think that the person makes a valid point. I do think it's a little judgy. Right. But I think it's the most kind of rooted in reality, even though kind of none of these are. Vanessa, what do you think? (laughs) I agree. I'd go with number two, just because to what you both said, like this person does have a point. Like there's, there was a generational shift when some technology stuff became more like uh, integrated in the younger part of Gen Z's life. Again, I think Gen Z two should start at 2000. I'm doing it backwards, but I think the young Gen Z should start at 2004. Okay. Okay. So that Eden's not included in it. But I think like, I can see how this person has a point. I just wish they could A, be clearer with their point from the start and B, be a little less condescending and kind of had left less judgment in the division as opposed, like, let's make it about the actual facts and historically like what's happening as opposed to you know, just kind of being a jerk about, you know. <laughs> I don't want to be acquainted with this yeah, generation. Yeah. It's let's, like, let's this is a world you're going to be acquainted emotion. with all kinds of people, all different generations, yeah. you know, let's mm-hmm. let's make let's the, take you know, that kind of personal yeah, stuff that's out a little, of it. Okay, yeah. so we're all agreed on um, change the perception of early Gen Z <laughs> is the one we would sign. And yet none of us will. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Eden, this has been so much fun. Where, other than as Jocelyn Jacks on General Hospital, every weekday at, for me, it's two o'clock on ABC, Mm -hmm. depending on check your local listings. Other than General Hospital, where can people find you? Well, since I now identify more with Gen Z one, I'm pretty yeah. much going off the grid completely. Okay. And I will okay. be d- deleting everything shortly after Understand. this podcast. The Instagram's just my name. I, yes. There's a check somewhere. So just that one. That one's the that one. one. Twitter. God, I'm bad at this. Twitter, I think, <laughs> is like something terrible, like real Eden McCoy, because everything else was taken. That's a good name. That's like my pet peeve, though, like a real Eden McCoy. Like, calm down. But it is at real Eden McCoy on Twitter. I thought you did that because did you ever do you remember the band The Real McCoy? Well, people always call me The Real McCoy. So actually, is, is you're that right. a term that people use? That. Yeah. Yes. What does it mean? I don't know. I, I, I don't remember a being a band, group. Vanessa, actually. Yeah, the real McCoy sang, I think, Rhythm is a Dancer. Wow. 
Olivia. I'm learning what a lot gonna between this and this wait. Colonel Sanders cameo. I'm just getting a lot of pop culture knowledge what from is, you. What does the real McCoy mean? It means like the real, the real it thing. Means real deal. It's it's in the it's in the dictionary. The real McCoy. It's means the real thing. The the genuine article. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the genuine. Okay. The genuine article. Yeah. The real McCoy. Okay. I thought it was only this band. And by band, I mean, I think singer. I guess in my heart of hearts, I knew because I knew what it meant. So I guess in my heart of hearts, I knew it was both. But the real Eden McCoy, I think it's a good name. Okay. And now people will remember it because I stumbled through it so much. There you go. <laughs> there you go. And then I okay. think that's it. I mean, just Instagram or Twitter. Okay. Anything else, I, it's not my name and I don't want it to be. <laughs> Great. No kidding. Well, this was so much fun. Thank you so much to Eden for joining us. We had such a great time. Thank you to everyone for listening. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe to the podcast and keep an eye out for next week's episode of How Did We Get Weird? Where we will discuss more stories from our childhood and cultural touchstones like Saturday Night Live (laughs) and General Hey, I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go, right? There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. On NPR's new podcast, Wild Card, we have ripped up the typical script. It's part existential deep dive and part game show. I ask actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to ask some of life's biggest questions. Listen to NPR's Wild Card on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.